I'm Matt Bergman, and you are listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians Podcast, episode 280. I'm here tonight with Jared Schneiderman. What up? Philip Dassing. Going on. Kyle Wagner. Hey, guys. I like Strapped. <laughs> and the one and only Joshua Smith. Hello. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Dude, thanks for coming back on again, man. Of course. I wish I could do it in person again. That was the, that was the most fun. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah dude that was that was like amazing times but dude we're we're super psyched to have you uh back on again tonight man so like what is going on like uh you know we're just bringing you back checking checking in you know you're a, a huge fan of uh or fan friend of punk rock libertarians right huge fan and friend yeah i mean dude like <laughs> yeah. uh dude we fucking love you man like i just like the other day like uh i just looked up that post that uh remember you actually you might not remember this but after the page I know exactly got, what you're talking about after the i, page I, got I deleted, could recite the post verbatim after the page got deleted you said some very nice words and it like it made me feel good dude because like yeah. i'm a huge fan of you and the change that you represent in the party right and then like just knowing that like punk rock libertarians had a hand in getting you into libertarianism it, it, it's that's just like fucking amazing you know it's yeah, like, you guys you guys been around quite some time now man it's been a long time right yeah dude since like 2009 man yeah that's that makes sense i, I want to say that it was uh god it must have been around yeah, dude, since like 2010 when i really 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 started getting into like more libertarianism obviously in the party and stuff and yeah i uh i, I remember just your guys' stuff, like your, I think it was Facebook. You guys weren't on yeah. MySpace, right? It's not that nah. old. But yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, Facebook, man, it was like, I, I used to follow you guys. You were like one of the first libertarian pages I ever followed. And, uh, you know, being, having the punk rock background and playing in bands and shit. And then, and then seeing punk rock and libertarians, I was like, yes, this is my home. This is where I belong. So hey, yeah, I, was, uh, I was sad when your page got taken down. Uh, dude, yeah. Josh, the, the funny thing is like for years I was Googling punk rock libertarians waiting for somebody else to start it. <laughs> like, see, sometimes you just got to do it yourself, man. Yeah, dude, it just seemed like such a no brainer. And, and I don't, I'm, you know, I'm a slacker. So I, I didn't think that I would ever start it, <laughs> like your father. <laughs> but then like eventually, eventually I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to start it. Yeah, you got it. Sometimes you just got to, you know, grab the bull by the balls. Right? Yeah, and it, it just kept going with it. And it, it's it's done much better than I ever had imagined, you know, back before I started it. So, you know, it, it's been a blast, dude. Yeah, and, absolutely. Tens of it. people, thank you. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on in here tonight. Yeah, so, of course, man. I'm happy so to be let's here. Talk about your, so, so let's talk about your, like, LNC um, chair thing that you've got going on right now. You, right now you were trying to be the, the chairman of the national libertarian party, right? Yeah. I'm you're trying, trying to be to, the, the Mike Concho of the libertarian trying to re party, replace uh, Nicholas Shitwark, correct? Sarwark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Sarwark. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. So, you, you know, if you follow me over the last couple of years, I ran against Nick in 2018. Uh, you know, I was just kind of a publication guy. I had founded think Liberty with some good friends. We used to uh, all harass Kyle Wagner really bad. And, <laughs> um, I was, was kind of just an internet shitlord, you know, that's, that's kind of what I was. And, um, I was involved in the party at the time. I, I worked on Gary Johnson's campaign in 2016 in Southern Washington. And so you um, did feel the Johnson. I did feel the Johnson. Yeah. I mean, there was no, there was no way I was going to vote for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. That just wasn't going to happen. And, um, you know, I was already a full blown libertarian. Ron Paul had brought me to the movement in 2008 and, 
uh, you know, my anti-war stances are what brought me to Ron Paul after I served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. And um, so, yeah, I, w I was just, you know, I was a regional rep for the Washington State Party, building affiliates in Southern Washington and working on Gary Johnson's campaign. And, uh, you know, I used to be this really big Nick Sarwark fan, to be honest with you. 2016, his, his uh, speech that he gave at the convention. Ooh, yikes. You know, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like when Phil tells me about how he used to listen to Good Charlotte. <laughs> you, Phil. Yeah. used to yeah exactly no but it's true i was a big i was a big Knicks fan i mean and then he kind of took a weird turn in 2017 ish uh late 2016 where i wasn't super stoked on what he was doing uh, you know the kind of starting these twitter flame wars with people that we should be recruiting we should be courting and bringing to the party and getting new libertarians in the party and so what do you what do you think happened to him i, I just i don't i don't know man and and you know this term has been even the worse. The CIA activated his uh, MK Ultra. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I just I think he was touched by a statist. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, uh, why would you do that? He's um, I don't know, man. This term's been really bad too. There's been a lot of really shady things going on behind the scenes, and I think he just got this kind of god complex. He's like he could do no wrong. He, do whatever he wants. And he does yeah. seem to have that going on for sure. Like, but I, uh, I, I called a bunch of people in 2017, big, big name libertarians that I knew from around the country. I said, Hey man, you got to run for national chairman of the libertarian party. And every single one of them was like, you're crazy. You are out of your mind. I'm not running for that thankless unpaid job that you have to travel around the country on your own dime and do all this shit. And, uh, so, so I, I kind of molded over for a while and we had, I think at the time we had like 11,000 followers or something on Think Liberty. And, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. <laughs> and all my friends were like, you're going to do what? And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to run for national chairman of the Libertarian party. And everyone was like, you're crazy. There's no way you can do that. So I put out this intent to run statement and, uh, I got a lot of, I covered a lot of ground. I mean, I traveled to 20 States or something. It was it was wild. I got to meet libertarians all over the country. I get to keynote behind Ron Paul at the, the Roads to Freedom Unconvention. Uh, you know, I had never been a public speaker of any type. I eventually ended up going to Toastmasters and started doing debate prep and all this stuff because I just didn't know what I was doing. Right. Um, but I got spanked. I mean, Nick, Nick Sarwark spanked me in, in 2018. I, I think I got 22.5% of the vote. Uh, and uh, But I ended up as an at-large on the, on the board, and I've been an at-large for the last two years. And I really got to learn more about the inner workings of the party and, and how it operates and what we can do inside the bounds of law. And Hey, um, uh, hey, hey, Josh, did you see when Dave Smith spanked Nick Shitwark? Yeah, it was really nice. I, yeah. And did you see when Nick Shitwark was like, Hey, vote for Adolf Hitler as long as he's libertarian. <laughs> did you see yeah, that? That was rough. That was rough <laughs> for all of us. I think that was kind of a turning point for Nick though, too, because you know, Nick has always been seen as this, like the greatest chair that the party's ever had and, and he can do no wrong and he's perfect and he's an angel. And then he had this, you know, this spat with Dave and Dave came out, I mean, with the paddle ready, just, you know, and, uh, <laughs> the paddle. and uh, Nick kind of started exposing himself after that. You know, he tried to force through this Ew. motion to pay himself $75 yeah. an hour on the board. He, yeah. What was that? Dude? I mean, just, it was just like one thing, it's like one thing after another. And now, you know, there's all this stuff coming out about Nick, like threatening members of the board over phone saying that he'll end them if they don't go along with his online convention plan. And I mean, there's just all this oh, stuff wow. and it's, and it's like, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. yeah it's tell, just, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what do you know about that? Well, I don't, I don't, I mean, John Phillips Jr. Really kind of let some stuff out. I mean, I can tell you, you know, from my own personal purview that you um, tell. 
you know, Nick a year ago made me the chair of the affiliate support committee for the national party. And I thought it was great. I was like, I really appreciated it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nick. You know, this is a great opportunity for me. I get an opportunity to do what I want to do for this party and help, you know, build affiliates and, and help affiliates and do what we can. And uh, come to find out at the Reno LNC meeting, he actually went up to um, Aaron Adams and Richard Longstreth, who's running for vice chair right now. And, uh, and uh, I think John Phillips Jr. was there too, but he, and they're all on the ASC with me. I actually handpicked them to serve on the, the ASC with me. And, uh, and he said, you guys should have let Josh fail. In fact, you've done irreparable part damage to the party by not letting Joshua fail. Wow. Like that's not a good leader, man. That's, that, that's the one committee in this national party that is built to help the, the state and local affiliates around the country. So if I fail, the affiliates are failing nationally, right? And so right. That, that was a big deal. And and so that yeah, kind but, of but stuff, if, if Adolf Hitler's a libertarian, he's gonna support him. Right. And but, it's just uh, you know, it's Joshua like, Smith is that's bad stuff, man. And then and then there's this whole <laughs> doesn't make you know, sense, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense. sense. I just don't get it. And and so so, you know, last year I had a bunch of people come to me and they're like, you know, you need to take on Nick Sarwark again. And I was like, I don't know if I got it in, man. I mean I got beat down in 2018. It was like, I don't know if you watched the race, but it was like, people were calling me a white nationalist. But they attacked my 75-year-old grandmother like two weeks after my grandfather passed away. What uh, Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, was oh, really yeah. My, step, my stepdad broke down. He, he, I, came, I went over to his house. I'm sitting on the couch. He sits down and just starts crying. And he goes, please get out of politics. It's killing me. It's hurting my heart to watch what they're doing to you. And I'm just like, I got a mission, man. You know what I mean? And I'm going to finish this mission and, and whether I win or lose, I'm going to carry it to the end. And, uh, you know, I, I had uh, allegations of sexual assault and, and a baby dad and, and this and that. It was just like every other day was something new and it was all Nick Sarwark's supporters doing this. So Nick could keep his hands clean. You know what I mean? And, mm. and, uh, and so it was really hard. And so when people were asking me last year to run again, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I want to, I don't know. And so I gave a lot of thought this time. I really kind of sat down and came to the conclusion that I've built this blueprint. I know I, I, I'm the number one recruiter on the LNC right now. I've brought thousands of new members around the country to their local state and national affiliates. Uh, I've raised a ton of money for state affiliates. You know, I've been a keynote speaker in Iowa. I raised five grand for them. I keynote speaker in, in, in uh, Illinois. I raised five grand for them. I've raised money for ballot access. I've worked on campaigns across the country, any any way, shape, or form that I can. And so I just decided, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go and see what happens. And we're doing much better this year. I just I just spent the last two days going over the delegate list. I, I've been through like 16 states. We're already over 200 delegates, and so. It's going to be a better year. I don't. I can't say for sure that we'll win, but I think you know. I think the run was worth it. And if we can keep moving the party in the right direction, just by me running, then I'm I'm going to keep doing it. So, hell yeah, man. You know, that's where we're at today. It's been fun. It's been a it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Okay, so like, uh, do you have any idea like how many debates you've uh, been in so far for LNC chair? Oh man, I think there was like four or five in 2018. Um, well, now, I, honestly, I was, I was sorry. I, I should have clarified. I, I was talking about, like, this year. This year, there's been, let's see, California, Florida. Then we did one online for the Libertarian Party of Washington. So those are the three that we've done. So there's um, only been three? Yeah. And, uh, in fact, yeah, there's only, there's only been three. For the longest time, it was just me and Mike Shipley running for chair. And then Joe Bishop Hinchman kind of popped in there. You know, he's like uh, – 
he's like Nick's protege, right? Like he's, he's like Nickelodeon and Nick Jr. I was and, just about uh, to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so so yeah, you think, so. You think uh, so JBH is uh, Nick's protege? He's carrying on Nick's legacy. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Okay. 100%. No doubt about it whatsoever. One of my biggest issues with Nick has been his attitude. You know, he, he uh, definitely comes across as condescending a lot of times. And that's not necessarily something that's going to translate to to Joe. Uh, I don't really know anything about Joe. I haven't heard him speak at all. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have that kind of condescension. He's very condescending. Okay, well, that's that's not good. Yeah, it's but, unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of, you know, he's another, he's another big-time D.C. lawyer. Uh who kind of has that attitude that he's better than everybody. And, you know, I've, I've tried to, I've tried to break bread with Joe for lack of better term. Uh, you know, I've even been able to grow a bridge with Mike Shipley. You know, me and Mike have been able to work together and sit down and discuss our differences and kind of, we've been super nice to each other through this whole entire campaign. And I, I think he mentioned that you guys crossed a stream. Yeah. Yeah. We had a sword fight. Uh, no, so, um, no, it was, it was great. I, you know, me and, me and Shipley kind of get along now. I, I, I like the guy. He's like, yeah, if, you get to, if you get to the core of my Shipley, there's well, yeah, a real, there's a real good heart in there, man. He's got, he's passionate and he wants to do the right thing. It's just sometimes I'm like, Mike, come on, man. You know, but, uh, but Joe is cold and condescending and he's got that same attitude. That he's better than everybody. And, and, uh, because he, he can balance budgets that he's going to be the greatest leader we ever had. I look at it differently. I think that this position needs to be somebody who's an inspirational figure that can bring people to the movement, that can get them to work, that can get them to become activists and candidates and, and treasurers and local chairs. And that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing for you know three years now. And I've shown that I can help build the party. We've had the fastest and, and the fastest and largest membership growth we've had in a non-presidential year since 2005 last year. And, and I know and I'm the number one recruiter on the LNC. And I know that I had the biggest hand in doing that. So that's what I do. And that's what I want to do. I want that platform so I can, I can make this party a contender to the, the two old parties that are, you know, constantly putting the boot on our neck. Yeah. So like you, you mentioned like earlier that, that you were called a white nationalist. Oh yeah. So like, how the fuck did that happen? I don't even know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm half, I'm half Israeli, man. <laughs> it was always so weird to me every time somebody called me a white nationalist or a bigot i'm going was it like your association with uh like the mises i, I guess i don't know I, I look i grew up outside of oakland man we don't have that we don't get that luxury of being racist where i'm from you know what i mean <laughs> right. it, it just doesn't happen I try you know, to I, keep up with that kind of drama a little bit, and yeah. I, I thought it was more the Kyle uh, loves that shit, dude. Audacious Caucus and the Socialist Caucus. Oh, sure, you know, I know yeah. James, James Weeks, I think, has had those kinds of accusations against you, but I can't remember what dro what drove it. Was it a friendship with somebody? Yeah, it was that, like it was so. It was like, oh, I know. So Ryan Ramsey out of Florida, who used yeah, to be that's really, it. yeah, he used to be really good friends with uh, with Augustus Invictus. But he's like denounced Augustus since then and all this stuff. But uh, I took a picture with every delegate at the Florida State Convention, and Brian was one of them. Um, and you know, and I've had a, I've had a relationship in the past with Brian and, and his his ex girlfriend now, and the, you know, I know their baby and stuff. And um, and he used to be a white nationalist, but he's still he's still very fringe, kind of loony on some stuff, you know, and stuff that I don't agree with. But um, yeah, it was that picture. That's what it was. And they, they decided that I was a white nationalist. Cause I well, Ryan, Ryan's actively said, you know, I saw a post of his where he like trashed, um, he trashed, uh, Michael Heiss and everything in the Mises. Oh, yeah. He yeah so. so he's, 
I, I don't know that association. I guess it's it's a personal level because he doesn't really have any relationship with the Mises Caucus. Yeah, and you know, me and Ryan, me and Ryan, I, look, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've been to Florida five times over the last three years, and uh, I've been to three of their their state conventions. Once for an LNC meeting. Uh, you know, I just know the Florida Libertarians very well. They they have my back. They almost, I mean, damn near unanimously voted for me in 2018. They were one of three states that I actually won in in 2018. Um, and they're the third largest delegation in the country too. And they're probably one of the most diverse. I mean, they have Cubans and, and Dominicans and, and, uh, their chair is an Egyptian that also gets called a, a, a white nationalist all the time, which just blows my mind. Uh, yeah, I don't know that the, there was always this stigma around the Florida state affiliate that they were this like chock full of white nationalism. And it was because of Augustus Invictus who's not even in the party anymore. And, and actually, uh, got handedly beat in a um, primary for uh, U.S. Senate there by uh, Paul. God, I'm not going to remember his name now. Paul. Something. I, I remember. I remember the race, but uh, didn't they? I thought they had to try to kick him out too. There was some people that brought brought like a censure motion, and then there was like a removal motion, and and the party was basically like, "Look, we just destroyed him in this primary. He's going to take off." We don't need to remove them. And and then the other side of that was like, oh, well, you're all white nationalist then. And you know how it is in the libertarian. Oh, community. yeah. You know, if you don't do something I, I like, you're, you're a white nationalist. And we've really got to stop doing shit, that shit, guys. We've really got to stop doing that. But anyways. Uh, yeah, Matt, cut it out. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, relax, bro. Uh, <laughs> don't and, worry. And so, um, you know, and he did. He left. And he went to the Republican Party. And then I guess beat up his girlfriend. And now he's sent in jail or something. Oof. Yeah, he was uh, one of the headliners of the Unite the Right rally. His oh, name yeah. was on the, the list maybe a couple down from uh, – I forget if it was Richard Spencer. Somebody was the Can't top, the top yeah. of the list, and he was a couple of names down. So, Which is hilarious, by the way, because when they did that Unite the Right rally and uh, that uh, poor woman got killed by the car. I can't remember her name right now. Uh, Heather Heather Dyer? Heather something, yeah. And uh, I actually put out like a four-minute like video speech – condemning the white nationals that were part of that saying that libertarians shouldn't be rubbing elbows with these people. They shouldn't be around us. They're, they're not good people. They're not good for Liberty. They don't care about Liberty. And, uh, and then it, you know, it was like one of my most watched videos. It was like 14,000, 15,000 views at the time. And people were still calling me white nationalist and I'm going, all right, man, I don't, whatever. I'm done. Yeah. I, I don't, I didn't really even want to bring it up because you know, that's, that's their line of attack or their, their narrative and then when we talk about it it's just like well why are you talking about it even you know it's not even a subject i really care to address and it's so far outside of like mainstream politics it's it's really just a internet battle for the most part that's what it is and it's and you know for me for me it's all the the shit that happens with me is all politicking right because there's a there's a contingent in this party that don't they do not want to see me become the chair of this party, plain and simple. And those people will do anything that they possibly can to make sure that I don't become the chair of the party. So what did I do when I found that out in 2018? I went out and kept building the party so that we could come back stronger in 2020 and, and make a difference. And so, uh, you know, I, I let it bother me so bad in 2018. It was eating at me all the time. I was constantly reacting online. People thought I was this hothead drama guy because I couldn't take criticism. And, and for, you know, for the most part, they were right. I just didn't know how to. You know, I didn't know how to take any criticism. Now in 2020, I'm like, 
oh, I, I saw this one before. You guys are going to have to recycle this stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, you have, you have experience now. And that's yeah. another thing that goes along with that loss is sometimes you have to pay your dues. You know, like you have to you have to lose before you can win. You need that experience. You build on that experience. And I think that's going to help you. Um, you know, after the LNC race, I remember the, the, the LNC held like a meeting at the convention that was like open. I don't know I, I followed a group of people down the hall and I was like sitting in this meeting and it was, I got to observe an LNC meeting. And I mean, at the time I remember thinking, thank God I don't have to do this all the time because this is horrible. It's so how have you been doing with the meetings? Like, Oh, good, man. I, I, I try to kind of sit back and watch in the meetings. A lot of people have noted that if they've watched the meetings online that I don't talk a lot in meetings, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, if I feel strongly some about something, I'll speak up and speak in favor or speak against something. Uh, but I don't, I, I, I said it in 2018 when I was running for chair, I didn't want our board meetings to turn into these gigantic argument sessions. There's no reason for it. Uh, I, you can let your vote speak for you, you know, and, and people can make their case. I think if you pass, if you, if you put forward a motion, you should probably speak to that motion and say why you're putting that motion forward and what it's going to accomplish for the party. And then if somebody wants to speak against it, they can say, hey, this is the reason why I think that's a bad motion. But when people start driving the same argument all the way around the table between 17 people over and over and over again, it's like, it's not productive. It's not useful. It just wastes our time. These meetings are already long. You know, they're, they're eight to 10 hours on Saturday and another, you know, six to four to six hours on Sunday. Uh, and it's all weekend and Friday night, there's usually some benefit where you have to get together with all these libertarians and raise money and eat dinner. And, um, so it's, and it's once a quarter, it's not a lot, but you know, there's a lot of more, there's a lot more productive stuff we can be doing outside of arguing about a comma placement in, in the policy manual, you know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. I just don't, I never got into the arguing on the board. Um, if I had, a, if I had something to say, I'd say it on the business list because that's public. People can go read the business list and, and the emails. And if I felt strongly enough about something, I'd write up why I felt strongly about it. If we're in the meeting and I feel like there's a motion that I really want to speak to, I'll speak to it. But there's just no point in just going around and around and around and arguing. You can let your vote speak for you, you know. And so that, that was kind of, that's kind of, you know, the meetings are long and arduous and, and people are, you know, kind of contentious. But I never let that bother me. I just go sit there and, you know, eat my lunch. I heard you guys had a nine-hour meeting over this uh, online convention that last last weekend. I, I sat. I did all all that. It was Saturday. I was at work and I listened to the whole thing. I appreciate all that. the way up until Thanks. the evening. I also listened painful. to the whole thing because I had to. Yeah, you had to. Yeah. I chose to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. The meetings are rough, man. Uh, but but you know, a lot of people we walk, we walked away from that meeting about the convention last weekend and everyone's like oh my god they can't get along they don't know how to work together they're all they're doing is arguing and messing things up and i'm going man that was a normal meeting that's just how <laughs> you know that's they're always contentious like that. that that's how the libertarian party is that's why there's 17 elected reps so you don't have a board that's completely in lockstep with each other all the time and just does whatever they want and you have no say in the party you know you elect people to represent your voice on that board and not everyone's going to agree that's just how it is we're libertarians. We don't agree with ourselves half the time. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I. That sounds that great. I mean, just think of Congress where they have you know 500 or whatever people trying to argue and get their little their little points through or their spending through, and uh, it sounds horrible to me. I I'm kind of a kind of a fan of hierarchy to be honest. Sometimes it's, we know it's, you are, buddy. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, it, when you have a small organization, like a ship, like I think of a ship, you know, a sailing ship, you know, there's a captain and that guy makes the judgment calls and, and everybody else kind of goes in line. So that has its downsides, but it also has its upsides sometimes. Have, you become, have you become a mar- monarchist? Overall? <laughs> no, is that, is that no I, I, I have not. No. <laughs> Liberty hangout. Cause I have no. a saying, I have a saying, Kyle, if you're going to go after the King, you got to kill the King. You know what I mean? No, no, I haven't become a monarchist. I just, I, I like the, uh, I like the, I don't like meetings. That's the, uh, the bottom been, line been, of it. You've been hanging out. You've been hanging out with, uh, with, with monarchy hangout lately or what? No, I haven't. No, I, <laughs> I'm a opponent of, you know, a Hoppe started the monarchy trend trying to say that a monarch would take like a ownership standpoint of a country sure. and take better care of it and have a more of a long-term view um but i i don't agree with that you know you get stuck with a bad monarch and it it sucks you know as we've seen throughout history for hundreds of years yeah so i disagree (laughs) with those people you know i'll I'll take i'll take the inefficiency of democracy over a a bad monarch any day sure sure yep i I just want to get rid of all of it how about that the uh kyle what what if you started (laughs) kyle wagner's liberty bang out (laughs) <laughs> please, please, Dude, I was thinking this. I was thinking Liberty. This. I was thinking Liberty Wang out. How many? How many? Hey, how, <laughs> of course. How many, signer, how many petition signatures do I need to get for this to happen? <laughs> Pretty bang out. Yeah. Sorry. I did Sorry. see. I did see that. Uh, Liberty Hangout. I think they like changed their Twitter name to to like Monarchy, Monarchy Hangout. Yeah, yeah. Monarchy. That's, why I, that's why I said. Yeah, they I went thought it was a, a joke. I, I didn't path. really understand. I don't think it is, man. I now think they turn it to a Catholic hangout. Yeah, they yeah, want to. Like well, that. they they want to. Yeah, I don't know. It's not even worth <laughs> talking about. But yeah, they're just they need attention. That's all. Okay, so 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 let's go on to our, our first topic of tonight, <laughs> and then uh, Justin Amash. You know, like he dropped out. What was that yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, a, like yeah. after like a two week exploratory run. So what does that mean? What is an exploratory run? Just putting feelers out, see if so you can file paperwork. You can file. Pa- yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Phil, <laughs> Phil knows all about exploring. Uh, I love it because I can't see Phil, so I can just say whatever I want. Right well, now. he's just he's just rolling his eyes. Don't worry. Don't yeah, know. I'm just sitting here like. Heckling. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's on his phone looking at porn. No big deal. Uh I no, I um, where were, oh Amash. So yeah, exploratory is like you know you you can actually file some paperwork for an exploratory committee and say that you're you know thinking about running and I think you could start raising funds at that point. Maybe I don't know. I have to look at the FC again. Mm. But uh, so essentially he came in you know a, two weeks prior to when we were supposed to have our national convention, right. and uh, and he instantly became the, the party sweetheart. And, and said like, like, did you think he raised like a quick, like stimulus check for himself? And no, I don't think he raised any money from the, from the party, <laughs> but um, you know, he, he came in and said he was going to run. I, I, look, I was excited about the thought of a Justin Amash run. I'm not going to lie. The, the guy, the guy got more press yesterday saying he wasn't going to run for president than the party's gotten in the last year. I just, there's just no doubt about it. He would have brought a lot of eyes to the Libertarian Party. It would have been nice, way more than Gary Johnson did. That's not, it's not even a debate. Um, so, I mean, I was excited about the the the, the thought of maybe getting an Amash uh, uh, nomination. I, you know, I obviously, I love our candidates too. Uh, you know, if you know me, I'm personal friends. I've been personal friends with Adam Kokesh in the past. Uh, I love Jacob Hornberger. I like Dan Berman. I, I you know, 
Did Adam Kokesh ever make you sign a contract? Nope, nope, never did. Thank God. <laughs> and I drove his bus for two weeks, so. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love John. I love John Mons. You know, I have a soft spot for Jim Gray from California because I'm from California. I know him. He's come to a lot of the events there. He's always a keynote speaker at the California Libertarian events. So I like all the candidates, and they've been busting their ass. So for me, it was weird because Amash announced. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Bosch is a libertarian in Congress now and wants to run for president. At the same time, I'm going, but we have all these candidates, you know, that have been busting their ass for last year who I've been hanging out with at state conventions until COVID-19 shut that down. But, uh, you know, and then he, I, I think he saw it's a bad time for him to run for president right now during this crisis. And uh, the Libertarian Party is kind of in uh, disarray over him joining and so it was, uh, I think the whole thing was just kind of a mess for him and he saw it. And then uh, there's a lot of people saying now that he actually decided not to run uh, because he didn't want an online convention, which is funny because the leadership kept pushing for an online convention. And so yeah. that's the truth. He even I mean, acknowledged that in his, in his Twitter post. He true. said that there was some, I, not, not full like that, but he mentioned it. And so now people are like, well, that's not what he meant. And other people are like, that's exactly what he meant. I, it, everyone's running to their corners as usual. Yeah. He, yeah. Well, it's like they spent so long calling us obstructionists because we didn't want to do an online convention because a, it violates our bylaws grossly. Uh, B, there's an opportunity for up to 25 States to challenge our candidate and kick them off the ballot in this presidential election. If we don't follow our bylaws, uh, but, but also, you know, we wanted a fair convention. And I think that this Zoom platform that they want to use, it's not a fair platform, right? It, it can only hold a thousand. Oh gosh. Right now, the, uh, sorry oh, to cut you up. There's yeah. a, there is a test meeting that's going on right now. I know. And I'm getting, my phone's get getting blown up get by the caucus of Maryland group. And they're just like, it is a complete shit show. There's people yelling and screaming about how they're being counted. People are having trouble getting in. They're telling me that we don't, apparently we have a delegation seat for our, our Maryland Libertarian Party and that no one knows who that is. Something like that. So it's, it's pretty much a nightmare right now. But I'll well, hey, man. You. We only got four days left till the actual Saturday's looking so. good. <laughs> dude, Jared, are you going to come to my house? Are you going to come to my house with uh, me and Alex? We're going to come and... Uh, I don't know, dude. Are you COVID-free in my house? Oh, huh? God. Are you COVID-free over there? Relax, buddy. Dude, I'm COVID-free, all right? Hey, right. uh, hey uh, yes. Joshua, Joshua Smith. So, what yeah. what exactly is being voted on on Friday? So we came up with a compromise. Well, I didn't. I actually. So here's the funny thing. Let me tell you about this. Um, I pushed and pushed and pushed to have an in person convention to to delay the convention, have an in person convention. Yes, it would give our candidate less time to, to campaign, but it would give us the opportunity to do things a the right way by the bylaws, uh, which which we wouldn't have the ballot access issues be uh, because it would give all our, our delegates their voices because right now, as we see this zoom platform is not, it's not working. We can't make privileged motions in webinar mode. So if somebody's doing something that we don't like the chair or whatever, we can't call a point of order. Uh, there, there's just a lot of really bad things revolving around that. And so um, I pushed and pushed and pushed for this, this online convention or this uh, in-person convention because it's, it's a mess. Right. And so uh, initially when we came up with, I came up, I decided to go around and solicit the LNC members for a compromise. Essentially we would run a, um, a preferential 
poll with the delegates and we would take that poll and ratify it at the in-person convention. We would be bound by the delegation's preference to ratify the presidential and vice presidential nominations at the convention in July. It would be by the bylaws, it would be done at the in-person convention. States couldn't challenge us and, and take us off the ballot. Um, and so I went around and I solicited I solicited a lot of stuff for this. I, I got Joe Bishop Henchman on board. He said, hey, look, if you'll add in that the, that the um, uh, the bylaws committee is to immediately start working on a plan of how to accomplish this after the vote. I'll, I'll, I'll sign on. And so all these people signed on. Then I had a call scheduled with Joe Bishop Henchman on Thursday, the, the Thursday before the, the meeting on Saturday. And he texts me 25 minutes before the call and says, Hey, I got to bow out of this meeting. Uh, I got too much stuff going on. I'll call you later. And I knew as soon as that happened that he was going to bow out, push for an online convention, right? So I started going to the other meeting, the other members. And I'm going, look, man, I don't know if I can push this. You know, this is a this is a, a compromise that I don't agree with, but I think it's going to have make some people happy, maybe some others mad. Uh, I don't know if I can push this, bit, especially if they're going to they're going to try and use it as a tool to to bash us over the head and make an all online convention. I, I said I think I'm just going to stick with the the postponement. And so. Uh, when we went into the meeting, it's exactly what happened, Joe. It, it, Nick pushed for an all online meeting. He failed. Uh, he tried to, to rule that the internet can be a place. We overruled that. Then Joe came up with another online, all online convention proposal, but he had some information instead of just let's do it all online. Uh, that got amended three times. The amendment changed the last half to kick every, all the other business to the, the in-person in Florida in July. Uh, and the first part, this first sitting this coming weekend, is supposed to be just picking the vice presidential and presidential nominees only. Now, the delegates, yeah. <laughs> the delegates could, I'm not saying anybody's going to do that, but the delegates could either try to pass a motion that says we're going to do all business online, or they could try to pass a motion that says we're going to do none of this online and wait all until the national convention. So... You know, there's one side that says they're going to do it, and there's another side that says they're going to do it. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be an ugly fight, I think, and it's going to make it uglier, and there's going to be 13 rounds of balloting just to pick a presidential candidate. And So it's just supposed to be the vice presidential presidential candidate. But I don't know that. I can't say that for sure. So we'll see what happens. Well, dude, I can't wait. Yeah. Sounds like a lot, man. <laughs> this is going to be so, so excited. I know, right? Is, is it so, a uh, how many horses? Like, well, you you guys probably can't speak to how how many um, people have a, a valid chance or a good shot at winning at this point. You know, is it like a, a five horse race or you know? president? Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I'd say I'd say the the the, the biggest front runner right now is probably Vermin Supreme, man. Well, yeah, I, I think he. I think you really he's think a, so. Yeah, it's probably Vermin, Jacob Hornberger, Joe Jorgensen, Jim Gray, maybe Adam if he his delegates show up, maybe John, maybe John Mons if his delegates show up. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Dude. Oh, okay. Oh, All so. right, so you got you got maybe uh, five or six. Five or people. six, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm sure Adam will have a lot of delegates. He, you know, he's been he's been running this uh, this campaign for four years. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I know that Vermin's candidate, uh, delegates will be there. I know that Hornberger's delegates will be there. I know that Judge Jim Gray is going to have a lot of people there. It's 
Yeah, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be contentious. There's going to be a whole multi rounds of balloting. We will be lucky to be done with it by Saturday night I'm, I'm, or Sunday night. I'm thinking. Hmm. And we'll see how many delegates drop off. You know, a lot of delegates probably just going to get fed up and drop off. There's going to be tech issues. They're going to get mad that they can't, uh, you know, raise their hand. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. And that was one of the reasons why I was pushing to have an all in-person convention because it, it's just silly to do something that you know is going to throw your party into an uproar, especially at the cost of possible ballot access. I mean, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. I have no idea how this is going to work. You're going to have, I don't know how many delegates on one Zoom. Like I, 1,046 delegates. Wow. It sounds like just a complete technique. It's just not going to work. But it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Apparently yeah. they're doing, right now they're doing half Slack and half Zoom. Absolute nightmare. I can have Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's what I'm being told right now. There's got to be a better platform out there for this sort of thing. You would think. Sure. You you would. And you know, the funny thing is that there's been so much other tech from, look, this is a libertarian party. Everyone in this party is a computer programmer or a computer repairman. Like literally everybody, right? We're all just like weird little tinkerers. And uh, you know, you wanted to laugh at that. Anyways. um, There's been so many proposals on other tech on how to use it and how to do it correctly and how to make this much easier on everybody. And I'll tell you, this convention was unilaterally stolen by our executive director and our national chairman. Plain and simple. They have taken it over. They have not cut in the LNC on anything. They have not taken any of the tech proposals that have been proposed. Mm. They have a motive. And Sounds like they want it to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was my that was my guess from the beginning because the initial motion that was put forward, the initial language for the initial motion that was put forward for an online convention from the bylaws committee, who's chaired by Joe Bishop Hinchman, was to essentially, if there was any tech failures, the chairman could shut it down and rescind the votes and do whatever they wanted. And how you have to know that in a Zoom meeting with 1,046 people, many of those people probably libertarian boomers. Oh, yeah, dude. There's going to be tech issues. You know that. You know it's coming. And so it's just fraught with, like, corruption and technical corruption and human corruption. It's like, I tried to tell everybody. I've been trying to tell everybody for weeks. This is a bad idea. And it's not because I think I have a better chance of winning my chairmanship in person i think i have a better chance online you know well, yeah especially boomers, if yeah. yeah especially if all the boomers like drop off because they can't figure it out yeah, have a much i have better a better chance, chance <laughs> i have a better chance of winning my chairmanship online than i do in person yeah. in florida in july so anybody that keeps making up that conspiracy just throw it out the window you're wrong you're well, yeah wrong. i also heard right. from a someone in the a delegate in the maryland party um said that they were disappointed with your attitude. Uh, they were very cavalier. and or, or, He said something along the lines of, like, you just have this attitude, like, if you don't show up to a, a in-person convention, you're weak. And he didn't I like that attitude. That. I never had you know, that attitude I, towards this. I, I had that conversation back and forth, and he was very stern in his opinion. And he's not happy with the fact that he know, he says he knows that you personally have a motion that's on the floor right now to – get rid of the online convention that's not my motion alicia alicia madsen made that motion actually who is a, he, said, he said it was karen karen and harless and you and, and I, alicia i co-sponsored alicia alicia authored the motion 
myself and uh, and Karen Ann Harlos. There, I think there's another co-sponsor. Co-sponsored it because I believe that this convention, this online convention, is a bad idea. I do. But there was another proposal following that for, uh, like I said, the preferential poll that is bound by the LNC to be ratified at the national convention. I'm not cavalier. I don't want people to put their health at risk if they think they're going to be putting their health at risk to go to a national convention. I don't want you to do that. But that's why we pick alternates. You know what I mean? That's why we have the alternates as backups. Every state gets the same amount of alternates as they do delegates. So like in California, we have 107 delegates with 107 alternates. If you can't go, let an alternate know. It's, it's, I mean, I, I, I think it's, I think that the, I think that by July, this virus is going to be almost non-existent. I believe that if you look at Italy, if you look at China, China hasn't logged a single death since April 27th. It had been two weeks China. prior. They had been, China. Uh, it had been uh, <laughs> two weeks prior to that since they had a death before that. I think this, I think that this virus is. Yeah, that is China though. I'd be more, tr- yeah. I'd be more trusting of what's coming out of Italy though. It'd be sure. very, very hard to hide, uh, that amount of death from a billion people, just to be completely honest with you. There's a billion people in China. It'd be very hard for them to hide that. So, uh, you know, I just, I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal, but I don't want people to put their health at risk. And and I wish there was no virus and we could just do this the normal way, but I don't think that the online version of this convention is going to be what people think it is. And I don't think it's going to uh, preserve members' rights. I don't think it's going to be a fair process. I don't think it's going to keep us ballot access in up to 25 states. And I know that because I've talked to constitutional lawyers about it. You know, I've talked to state chairs that know their ballot access laws. We are not being told the truth about this situation. And so, I mean, it's uh, clear that, I mean, what, what Dan Fishman said, I mean, he said it, um, allegedly, he said it straight to the COC. Said that if they don't, have, if they have this in-person convention, they have an in-person convention. The CEO, uh, the, the Mises Caucus, is going to take over. Uh, I know that Joe Bishop Hinchman has gone to at least two chairs and said that ballot access is less important than keeping me and the Mises Caucus from taking over the party. Wow, uh, that's so crazy. Which is just yeah, that's insane to me. How could you think that ballot access is like the number one thing for this party? It's like the most, and especially to say it to states who are worried about their own ballot access, because that's the biggest thing that states worry about, you know, it just doesn't, it blows my mind. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, me as the chairman of this party, worst case scenario, I don't break anything. That's worst case scenario. I'm not coming in to kick a bunch of people out. I'm not coming in to, to change all the bylaws and get rid of the, the abortion plank and the immigration plank like they, they think I probably am. I'm coming in because I want to make the party better. I wouldn't be running for national chairman if I didn't think that I had the opportunity to make this party a viable contender against the two old parties. That's why I'm here. That's it. That's the only reason I'm here. And so for this doomsday prediction, uh, scaredy cat, boogeyman stuff, it's like, what do you, what do you really got going on that this little politics in this party is the thing you're the most worried about? We're dealing with people outside this party that will napalm your children and not lose a wink of sleep. And you're worried about this intra-party race taking over a 15,000 person membership. Like relax, man. We got bigger, we got bigger monsters to fight. Right. Yeah. We lost our ballot access here in Maryland, unfortunately. And uh, I I have some regret about that um, just because 
we didn't we didn't prioritize it in uh 2018 you know like uh, we needed our uh candidate for governor to get one percent to maintain ballot access and he got 0.6 yeah. and in I hindsight i can't even remember the guy's name right now sean quinn, uh, sean yeah. quinn um, man. but in hindsight you know our, our membership should have really been prioritizing that race and trying to support him much more than we did and uh i, I that's that's just my my regret was i didn't really think that we were in jeopardy of losing it on election night it was like oh holy shit we just lost ballot access and i didn't see it coming and our state chair didn't see it coming he thought we were going to get two percent or two and a half percent and now here we are heading into a presidential year and we don't have access and because of covid we haven't been able to go out and get signatures and petition and even even before that it was um there haven't been very very many volunteers i don't like asking for signatures personally so it's just not good you do not want to be in the position of not having ballot access so that's that's got to be the lp's number one priority and and you're totally right about the infighting it's just the factionalism and there's so there's just so much crap in the party and it's just like guys you're fighting and and you're not seeing the bigger picture, which is that this is a tiny fledgling party trying to get a foothold in American politics. You know, like yeah. it's just we're fighting the wrong just, monsters. We're fighting the wrong monsters. Yeah, it consumes itself with the infighting, and you know, I get some of it. Like we do have some ideological differences and some personal differences, but it, it is a lot of petty bickering, for sure. I agree, and it's one of the reasons why I stopped doing it, man. I just. It was like, you know, I, I came on the scene in this party and I made this big uproar and then I had to fight everybody. And then I was like, you know what? I don't need to fight you anymore. I'm not here to fight you. I'm here to fight them. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and that's, that's that, that quote that I just said, I actually stole from Michael Heiss. You know, we are up against people who will napalm your children. We don't need people who are upset about wards, words. We need soldiers. We need soldiers in this party because we are a Dave is a David versus Goliath situation here against people who do not care about your life. And so I had, I had to stop caring about all the people that were attacking me with these little petty insults online. I started blocking people and just kicking people out of my life. I got better stuff to, to do. You know, I got, I'm trying to fight. We want ballot access in America. Yeah, you we don't want, want ballot access in Illinois. We want ballot access all over this country because believe it or not, having the opportunity to put that little L next to your name on the ballot makes a difference. It makes a big difference in politics in this country. And so, you know, those things are more important than turning our swords inwards and fighting each other. We need to be fighting the Republicans and the Democrats because they are the ones with the boot on our neck, not us. We are not doing that. So, yeah, it's, it's ugly, but I think once you put it to bed, to, to bed and stop, you know, playing into it, it's not so bad. So, uh, Josh, so... Uh it just dawned on me like uh we've never like talked about punk rock when you were on here before i know i know i actually came in your studio last time i was on the show yeah man um it, matt's, like, matt's come in his studio a few times yeah twice or three times at least especially <laughs> <laughs> with the auto blow behind him yeah right. yeah it, phil keeps asking like what's going on with that auto blow anyways Came in your studio. Is it getting lonely during COVID? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, and anyways, dude, I'm just curious. Like, like what like punk bands you're into? Like, what are your your favorite punk bands? Man, so many. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Uh, so I'm I'm more into like hardcore. In fact, the first like actual CD I can remember getting. Well, actually, the first CD I ever got was Green Day's 
dookie. So don't tell anybody. Um, Dude, that's a, that's a great album. It was a good album, yeah. And they actually got me into their older shit after that, you know? Yeah, uh, man. Like Kerplunk and, and Kerplunk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those were good albums. Uh, uh, my first actual, like, hardcore, like, punk album that I got was Black Flags Damaged. Right? Yeah. And Henry is like, I loved Henry Rollins, and I always liked Henry Rollins growing up. And But, man, I, I, I really I, – I branched out a lot. I had, like, a, a screamo phase. I was really into screamo for a while. But, I mean, I, I grew up listening to, like – no use for a name and, and Pennywise and uh, you know, Lagwagon and no effects and, and good riddance is like one of my favorites. In fact, I'm, I'm friends with Russ on, on Facebook and we are completely opposites politically. He used to write for a magazine uh, called ant magazine that my best friend wrote for. And another one of my friends, uh, Brett actually owned the magazine. Uh, but, but good riddance. I mean, God, they were like one of the most influential bands of my life for a while. And still all the fat records bands, and I still listen to the Fat Records bands. Flatliners is like one of my favorite bands right now. And I listen to them almost daily. So what about you, man? You just like everything, right? No, nah, I mean, I, I do like a lot of different stuff. You mentioned Black Flag. And Black Flag is like one of those bands where like I own Damaged and I own uh, the LP that has like a compilation of their early seven inches. And, uh, you know, like I dig it. I think it's okay, but I like the circle jerks like much better. Sure, sure. I like circle jerks too, but, but I'm a I'm a hardcore guy. Like I've always liked hardcore music, right? Like like and and it's circle jerks are hardcore. Huh? Circle jerks are hardcore. Sure, sure, yeah. But I, I, I like their first record. My hardcore like progressed, right? Like I went into, I got into like the crow mags, right? And like uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh the gorilla biscuits and then I got it I ended up getting really into like comeback kid and like i mean it just kept pro- progressing with the hardcore movement until i was like, like like what about minor threat oh yeah of course yeah and fugazi too i, I mean i like fugazi too he's great I, I had fugazi on earlier i was listening nice. to uh the argument on the turntable nice. but, like, right. if, I, if i had to list like my top three musical influences of all time um it would have to be j church jawbreaker and minor oh, jawbreaker's threat. great so yeah. jawbreaker was they just did like a tour right yeah. Mm-hmm. You like Sam I Am? Did you ever listen to Sam I Am? I own a couple of their albums. They're I've great. never really I've never really felt it though. Really? Yeah. And, and it's kind of like considering like the bands that they play with and the bands that I listen to that give them props sure. and and the friends that have like musical tastes that are similar to mine who give them props. I feel like I should like them, but I, I just haven't felt it yet. I, I like weird, I like some weird shit too. I mean I listen to like country music. I listen to everything, man. I, I really do. I, I love metal. I used to, you know, when I was a kid, when I was waking up in the morning, I used to listen to like uh, Countdown to Extinction by Megadeth every morning oh, when dude. I was getting, when I was getting ready for school. And so, I mean, I've, I've like really branched out. I played in a bunch of metalcore bands and pop punk bands. I love Rise okay, Against dude. and, you know. Dude, uh, Josh, oh, yeah. dude, Countdown to Extinction, the first songs, Get In My Teeth, best oh, yeah. scrape ever. Yeah. It's funny. My girlfriend now is this like, my girlfriend now is this little like sweet, petite girl and she loves Megadeth, right? It's hilarious. She's like, she's like, oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I used to listen to this song all the time when I was younger. I'm like, what? You don't seem like you. Like she, she goes to church and stuff, but loves Megadeth. Man. Man. Well, Hey, um, we're actually, uh, we're actually out of time here. Is there anything you want to plug? Oh yeah. Definitely check out punk rock libertarians. One of the greatest podcasts out there, man. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> no, is there any, is there anything you, you need to plug for you or not? Uh, no, nah, man. I, you know, I, I have my podcast that I, I took a couple uh, months and a half off from doing that. I'm, I'm putting out some new episodes soon, break the cycle. So if you yeah, want to tell us about out, that, 
you know, I started doing this podcast. I, you know, I rant a lot. I know you guys noticed I just did it on your podcast for an hour, but um, <laughs> I, I was like, man, I, I'm always doing these rants. I do them by myself when I'm like in the room and I'm like, I just need to start recording the shit. So I did. And uh, I, I got an anchor account, which is like the easiest platform to make a, a podcast on. You literally rec- I can record my podcast on my phone. It's so simple. And, uh, um, and so I, I started doing that and, you know, I put it out and I started a Patreon, which actually is now bringing in like $250 a month already, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so oh, I, I oh yeah. Yeah. So break the cycle on, on, uh, po- I'm on like all the podcast cap- catchers. And so I, I, I was doing an episode on Monday, a, a solo episode. It's just like 20 minutes, three segments. And I just, uh, you know, rant about something COVID or my, one of them was on my birthday. It was pretty funny. If you did check it out it was about me getting old and then uh fridays i was putting out a interview episode and i had done one with buck johnson from death of, uh death of tyrants podcast and so definitely check it out i mean if you know you can listen to the couple episodes i i did and i'll put out some more probably probably tuesday i'll have a episode come out and then we'll start doing interview episodes after that as well so cool well hey you, we're, we're you gonna... still work with the think liberty guys at all no, not really. Uh, they're, they're all still my very, very dear friends. All of them. I love them. I have nothing bad to say about them. Um, they kind of went in a direction that I you know, wasn't super comfortable with. And I think we kind of had this split apart thing and I was still really into the party stuff and they are most of them. There's some that are still party guys, but they just, for the most part, really hate the party. And, um, they, they do really well without me. I was never, you know, I, I helped found it. Uh, I did those interviews for a while. I, I probably made it two or three memes and maybe a couple of gifts. And, uh, that's what I found out about you. It was from that. I was listening to you guys, the think Liberty podcast. Like, Oh yeah. I did the podcast for a while too. That was a fun podcast when we were doing it. Yeah. We were all doing it together with me and Vinny and Caitlin and Lonnie were doing it together. It was a lot of yep. fun, man. Absolutely. That was a fun podcast. I, I actually missed doing that podcast. That was a, that was a good time. That was my first time ever podcasting was that podcast. <laughs> All right, um, hey uh, Josh, if uh, we're going to go over to our after hours program, if you want to stick around and hang out, you're welcome to. Um, yeah, so uh, also we have uh, t-shirts over at uh, libertariancountry.com. If you type in the code PRL, you'll receive a 10% discount. If you spend $50 or more and you type in the code PRL2, you'll receive a 20% discount. Uh, this podcast is brought to you in part by Conversations About Freedom podcast hosted by Moral Bob. Until next time, live free or die. Hold on, wait. Are you guys? Are we still? Are we still broadcasting? It, uh, uh, yeah, we, we just. I have not hit. Podcast. I have not ended it yet. Why? Oh, perfect. Because someone asked me about my TikTok, and I totally didn't even drop that in there. <laughs> someone, someone asked me why I stopped my TikTok. I didn't stop my TikTok. We got new TikToks coming soon. I just moved, so we'll we'll, we'll have new TikToks coming soon. I, I have a TikTok that actually has two million views. So wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But uh, that's I'm that's all right. Yeah, check me out on TikTok. Break the cycle. JS. All right. Live free or die. Bye. Status is good break. The blood that is shed. Dredging the flags on the tax bombs in red. Poisons by a few at the expense of the many. So do the gods and the machine. You can't justify killing by economic gain. For God, country, and democracy. You can put freedom in death point in a fine land. Support the truth, then bring them home. I believe the joke will do the best for you. And I believe that we have the power, have the power. I hate the state, and I know I'm a slave. We can make.
the break, break the power, break the power. Society of individuals, nothing more than not interference with natural rights. With the virtuous person fully comprehends the non-aggression principle, the violence of the state becomes absolute.